All right, guys, welcome to Property Profits Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bryce Kaminsky, filling in for Dave Dubow. And if you've ever wondered how a dedicated educator turned a chalkboard career into a real estate empire, well, today's guest, Allison Bazook, shares her journey from a teacher to real estate investor, surviving market downturns, a cancer diagnosis, and leveraging rentals for financial resilience. Stay tuned as we explore her triumphs, challenges, and the lessons that led her to rebuild internationally in the United States and Belize. Allison, welcome to the show. Thrilled to have you share your inspiring story with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm really, really looking forward to the chat and uh, connecting with your audience. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's a lot in that, you know, to unpack that intro. Um, you know, it took me a while to put that together because it is, um, quite packed with different things here. So, you know, Allison, as we dive into your current real estate journey, could you share, uh, you know, where you are today in your business? You know, what's your main investing strategy and what markets are you currently focusing on? Sure, absolutely. Uh, at this point, we have a few rental properties in Waterloo Region in Ontario. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we are focusing in the States, specifically Georgia, uh, okay, and yeah. it's all about cash flow. It's uh, no longer the the big big payouts on the flips that we mm-hmm. were experiencing before. So it's all about cash flow, and and from what I've found, you know, doing doing the show here, um, and even in my own research, is that cash flow in Canada is super rare these days with our with our pricing. So a lot of Canadians are looking to the states and saying, um, "Where can I?" You know, as complicated as it might be, <clears throat> it's not that complicated, but, you know, fear is usually a composition of the unknown. And so how did you navigate, um, you know, moving from a Canadian investor to becoming an, an American or a Canadian Amer- investing in America? That's a great question. And that took uh, quite the winding journey to be able to get there because, the, the population of the states is 10 times larger than Canada. So the opportunities are 10 times larger, but then your mistakes can also be 10 times larger. So uh, it it took a lot. There's The, the terminology is different. Yeah. The acquisition strategies are different. And mm-hmm. it really highlighted for me the need for extreme research. Uh, and we've also, we're dealing now with two tax bodies with CRA and, and IRS. Mm-hmm. So there was a heck of a winding journey to be able to get there. And uh, it was just a, a big, deep dive into needing solid, reliable education, a community that I can lean on. Mm-hmm. Now, taking a step back, could you tell us a bit about your backstory? Like what sparked your interest in real estate investing? And how did you go from being a teacher to uh, a real estate investor? How did that unfold? Uh, well, as as you mentioned, I was a high school math teacher. I worked in as a teacher for 27 years and and loved the students, but realized that the routine, the rules, it, it, I was destined for something more. Mm-hmm. And I was beginning to wonder if something was wrong with me because I was I had ideas and I'd tell other people about the ideas, but then I didn't want to fulfill them. I wanted someone else to. And it it took uh, the realization that that's what that's what business owners do, you know. That's 
that's basically what I was destined to do. So that realization that I, there was more to life that I could offer. However, I had the golden handcuffs. Mm-hmm. You know, I was four or five years away from retirement. And that pension, everyone kept saying how phenomenal the, the teacher pension in Ontario is. And so, you know, it's like, I can't leave. And then there was an ad that came up for a Rich Dad, Poor Dad workshop. And so I went down there and it blew my mind as to what was available, like literally. So I was the first to run to the back of the room and sign up for the weekend course Mm -hmm. and learned enough from that that I was able to uh, acquire uh, my husband and I acquire our first property and ended up um, renting renting that out to a tenant, still the same tenant that we've got there is a fantastic tenant. Uh, I did start making mistakes, you know, not really sure what to do. For instance, uh, went to purchase a property that we were intending on holding and we're heading towards closing. And two weeks before closing, sure, you've heard the story from lots of others, the bank decides, oh, no, 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 we're not going to fund it because the property is not livable right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Uh, how is this going to work? I, I didn't know that you could extend closing. I didn't know that we could uh, find other private lenders. So it was you know, a major stressful time. And thankfully, my brother-in-law ended up coming in uh, as, as a lender on that. So we could manage to close on that date. Uh, but, you know, so that was the start of learning with that property. And uh, I think I've kind of gone way off from your question. So I'm going to pause no, at this the, point. It's the backstory. And, and it's really true. It's like, you really hit it on the, uh, the nail on the head again, is that like, that was a stressful situation when you brought the property to the bank. But with the education you have now, you would have just extended the close. You would have gotten a hard money loan. Your brother-in-law would have had to put down 20% instead of whatever, um, you know, maybe they had to finance the whole thing on a line of credit and you bought it cash. And like, it's really just the composition and the anxiety is usually from a, from a, a misunderstanding or a, it's just something you haven't tackled yet. So, you know, you've mentioned various strategies uh, in your journey. What do you like? the most about your primary investment strategy and what kind of challenges have you encountered along the way? Well, our, our current strategy right now for our rental properties is just a buy and hold. And it's just, I say just a buy and hold, but we bought the properties, we fixed them up. Uh, one of the properties, we did a duplex conversion. So there's two units in there mm-hmm. and to be quite honest, again, through my learning, is make sure that you take your time to put your tenants in there. Don't yeah. rush, especially in Ontario. So our properties were vacant for two or three months. And I would much rather have that till we found the right ones. And we do. All We've got three units at this point. I'll get into why we don't have more in a bit. Um, and those three, the tenants are spectacular. Like, they're just amazing. So... I honestly forget that I even have the properties there. So that's that's the big one. And then in terms of moving forward, uh, it's been a year of education. And at this point, we just want little tiny boring houses that are inexpensive to acquire, that we have a huge market for people who are, are looking to rent it. 
because it will be affordable for them. You figure 90% of the states are locked out of uh, banking. So if they want to purchase a property, my next strategy is to, to take that tenant and do a lease option. So mm -hmm. similar to a rent to buy, uh, but they're not building equity along the way. So it's simple and uh, easy to get into, easy to acquire the properties. And also because of the smaller purchase price, uh, like we're talking, you know, much less than 800,000 that mm -hmm. we're able to pick up properties for brick bungalows, nice brick bungalows. And uh, within five years, they have paid off the property and now it's all cash flow. Yeah. So that's you're probably uh, buying them um, 50 to 70,000, putting in some amount of work. Maybe they're worth a hundred or something on the appraisal, but you're not pulling the equity out. You're just, you're into them for like 70 or 80 or 90. And uh, are you dealing with section eight then? No, no, not no, yet. No, no, no. So, so that, uh, no, that... uh, so you're still probably getting, you know, good rents. Um, I'm going to guess, I don't know, $950, $1,100 a month. Yeah, in that range. You know, some depending on the area, it would be a little bit less. Mm -hmm. But, and it doesn't sound like much when we're coming from Ontario with like $2,500 and $3,000 rents. But I also don't, I'm not paying $800 to a million for the property. So, like I say, it's a much smaller price. And, with the foreclosures that are coming and the pre-foreclosures and the availability of information, we're also able to help the sellers or we can pick up properties at auction. It's just spectacular, the uh, the availability uh, of properties and opportunities. Mm -hmm. I call it the exactly. Wild West because it's just, it's just like uh, the government is not super hands-on with the housing. They kind of right. let them... Uh, boom and bust. So that's great for real estate investing because there's opportunity in both of those positions. So, you know, considering your success so far, Allison, what would you say your your secret sauce in real estate investing is? You know, what comes naturally to you that to others might be, um, you know, challenging in the field? That's a good question. Uh, from what others have told me, it's building relationships. Mm -hmm. It's helping others. And I think that just comes from the years of teaching that that I've had. That's all I want to do is help people. And quite often, I forget about myself. I'm just uh, looking to share information and share strategies with people. And then I forget to execute and do it myself. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So so but it's all about relationships. Right. Yeah. You know, in, in real estate, in life, really, it's it's having each other's back and and reaching up for help when it's needed, but also reaching down and pulling others along with me. Well, not pulling, encouraging them to come and inspiring them. Uh, so, so that is a big part of our success in that. Staying, so, staying networked, keeping uh, absolutely keeping connected to people who are looking up to you, and also you know connected to the people you're looking up to. So, um, you know, as we look ahead. Where do you want to go in the next, say, 12 months? You know, what goals and, you know, aspirations do you have for your real estate business? In the next 12 months, I want to get out of the over leveraging situation that we were in. Mm -hmm. uh, we went down a bad path, which we can come back to later. But in the uh, in the next 12 months, I would very much like to have 
as I mentioned, get out of the over-leveraging, pay back the prom notes that we've had to take from family, uh, pay back second mortgages, pay back the hard money lender in, in its entirety, uh, and then also increase the portfolio in Georgia and uh, perhaps in some other states at that point in time as well. And also I'm sharing, uh, just sharing the journey and sharing with others and sharing the, the community and the education that I have acquired in the States and uh, share that with Ontario in specific as we're moving forward. So as you, as you aim at those goals, what do you think the biggest challenge, um, you know, as far as your over over leveraged situation, you know, let's dig a little bit deeper, you know, how did that happen? Why did you end up, um, you know, going there and is it slowing you down from reaching that objective? Mm. Uh, great question. So how did I get in that situation? Um, part of it, well, I, I don't want to blame anybody because I make my own choices and it's my responsibility. However, uh, I left teaching, joined a mastermind here in Ontario and fantastic. Changed my mindset from employee to investor. However, I like to say I was a teacher investor. I wasn't a real investor. Now mm -hmm. reflecting back, and uh, what was happening is we started to do some wholesaling and we started to do some flipping and the market, of course, was starting to grow at that point. So as we look back, we could say anyone could flip anything at that point, uh, even though we were doing a fantastic job, you know, with the flips and, and we were, I, I would go back in, into any of the houses and rebuy them because they're fantastic. However... My ego was also growing with this. Mm -hmm. So at the beginning of 2022, when there was someone else in the mastermind was encouraged uh, to flip 30 properties last year. And I'm like, well, heart, hot damn, if they're going to do uh, 30 properties, we can at least do 14. We can do one a month because we were turning them over quite quickly. And, uh, you know, I had good relationships with the lenders because we were paying them back early and, and what have you. So uh, we ended up buying three properties in February, each of them over 800,000. And then the market turned in March. So by the time we closed on the properties, uh, it, it was already below what we had purchased it for. We renovated the property and then sold them for less than we bought them for. So uh, lost a lot of money in that. Uh, hindsight, I, I, I'm glad it happened to be quite honest, because I needed to be reined in. Mm -hmm. I needed to realize that I didn't know what I didn't know, that over leveraging is not a good thing. Like we were, we were taking uh, people's RRSPs from Olympia Trust and putting them on second mortgages and third mortgages on our rental properties and prom notes and also the uh, private money. Yeah. So those three properties, winning, right? You exactly. Win. So we were 2.7 million in debt to, to private money, mm -hmm. um, plus the prom notes, plus the seconds. So it was really, really stressful. Um, thankfully we didn't have to complete uh, to, um, go bankrupt or anything like that. We didn't have to declare bankruptcy. Uh, a lot of what I can say is I was introduced to this community in the States and one person in particular, 
uh, my life coach started off as a life coach, Greg Kimball. And he uh, basically hawked me through it. He had declared bankruptcy before, so he knew how to talk to, uh, to talk to the lenders. Big key, if you owe money to them, don't run, mm-hmm. don't hide, pick up the phone and call them and just say, listen, this is where it is. I'm going to be totally there's transparent. Certain, yeah. There's a certain thing where they're like, oh, they're hiding. I'm not going to find them. And then they get frustrated. And I would say that to anyone who is uh, sideways on a deal, just pick up your phone and tell them it's sideways. Like that's all they want to know. Okay. So go on. Exactly. So I was, I would call once a week and uh, just explain where we were. This is what we're doing to sell the properties. They were all on the market. Uh, this is what we're doing to sell them. You could, if you wanted, take them over. I would happily give you the key, but all you're going to do is put it on the market. So you're not going to do anything different than what I'm doing. So, and and they were great. They ended up um, uh, putting the interest payments at the end instead of having me pay $10,000 a month in interest. So they they put that at the end and, you know, we're still on great terms. They've They've sent messages and saying, you know, in the future, if you need money, you know, we have no problem lending to you. So, and again, just to show you where I, integrity is so important to me. Uh, that for instance, the, the third property that closed, we should have walked away. Mm-hmm. I had a $40,000 deposit on it. We should have walked away. Uh, but we were buying from a little old lady. I just couldn't do it to her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, we closed, it was a, learning experience for me but uh so yeah so it was the over leveraging we I I outgrew a mentor I was asking lots of questions and basically was told you know this is the way you do it and you over leverage and if you want to be with me you're in my boat and we're we're running my race yeah so you can you can do that in in a in a balanced or or appreciated market and that's, you know, like as long as things don't get less expensive than what you bought them for, um, you're typically all right. So now that we're kind of on the financial side, you know, what strategies are you currently employing to fund your current real estate deals? Uh, partnerships. So the education that I've mentioned a few times in the community, uh, they have people in every state across the states. They've been around for well over 12 years. So uh they have people who have started uh, and have grown their portfolios and now they don't want to deal with tenants. So they want to lend. Mm -hmm. So they like to lend uh, within the community because we all know what education we've had. Mm -hmm. So that is a big part of it and partnerships. You know, I, I don't need to do the whole deal myself, which again, my ego was part of it before. Uh, Whereas now it's, it's okay to, to bring in a partner and share in the riches. So it's a lot calm, calmer and a lot less uh, um, competitive. That's the word I'm thinking of. Well, you do get, you do get a little bit of like value add from a partnership. Cause it's like someone to like bounce the ideas off of. I remember my mentor always used to say, do you want a whole grape or half a watermelon? And so um, it's all about perspective. So, how are you securing access to capital that you need for your deals, particularly when it comes to leveraging, um, say that network or even your existing network? 
Honestly, it's, it's, again, just the relationships and picking up the phone and, and asking them if they're interested in this type of a deal. Mm-hmm. So the, you know, purchasing from an auction or purchasing uh, from a seller that is in pre-foreclosure mm-hmm. and then doing the uh, lease option type of strategy after a year when the option comes back, if the, the uh, tenant then wants to purchase the property, then we're able to, um, sorry, just hesitated there <laughs> with your screen jumping. So we, uh, yeah. so at that point we uh we can then potentially refi pay them back or keep them in longer uh until the place is paid off and uh, have them share in in the cash flow and what have you in the meantime um so let's but- let's talk about the education now that now that we've got like a good foundation from where you're coming from as well as your um being in the states now investing You'd mentioned before the show about an interesting opportunity. Could you tell the people at home a little bit about that? Absolutely. So many listeners will know that our uh, market, and as you mentioned, the cash flow in Ontario is a little bit tricky. So many people are looking to go to the States with their portfolio. Mm -hmm. And they're partnering up with people who are also just going into the States. So there's going to be trials and tribulations and learnings and entity structures and and questions that are going to be coming up. I'm kind of coming at it from a backwards point of view. I've found a solid U.S. community. And what I want to do is to bring that into Canada so that Canadians can then experience success from practitioner instructors. They're not coaches being paid for their coaching. They actually are making their full-time income, their millions from what it is they're coaching, uh, they're instructing in, sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. So we're bringing that community into Ontario first, start launching on December the 1st. And our first course that is coming out specific to Canadians, it's actually being recorded on Friday. Uh, and that is uh, how do Canadians set up their entity structures successfully so they will not be double taxed. So many people are saying, just set up an LLC. And if, you know, anyone listening to this, go back in in Dave's uh, podcast episodes when he was interviewing Michael Matthew, the CPA, and he'll talk about the same thing that, you know, you need a C-Corp, you need that type of thing. So um, anyway, back to your question, sorry, is we're bringing that into Ontario launching December 1st. So I'm looking to share that with investors who are, looking to head into the States. So we're building the community. We're going to have in-person events. Uh, We've got different intensives that are day-long instruction that we can live stream from people all over the States. Uh, And, oh, there's so much more. I just, people are going to have to reach out to be able to see what else we can offer and see what's right for them. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, a lot of times... um an American education platform will come up to Canada and sell because people like the idea, but the execution is usually challenging because a lot of the information doesn't translate across the border. So how is, how is this? um, You're saying that there's a, it's different because it's um, about bringing money down. So tell people a little bit more about it's, it's not about investing in Canada. It's about investing 
Canadians investing in the States, right? Correct. Yeah. So that this company, they is, I'm not sure if I can say the name, so I won't at this point. Uh, so this, this company is very much aware and has super high integrity. They will not come in, put a Canadian sticker on it and say, here, this will work here as other companies have done. So what we're doing in the beginning is as we're growing our Ontario community is uh, saying we're specific to the U.S. with U.S. instruction. Mm -hmm. However, 85% of it will work in Canada, but the acquisitions, the tax and legal, the wealth accumulation is very different. So yeah. that's the, uh, the, the way that it is being launched here in Canada. And then uh, as we're growing, they will be finding, and I'm introducing them to a lot of Canadian instructors to be able to teach the Canadian courses uh, for Canadians. So that's, that's where we're heading in the future. It's a longer vision. Nice. So, um, you know, if people want to find out more and connect with you, what should they do? Uh, well, my name is on the screen, so they can either message me on Facebook Messenger, on Instagram. My email is my name, just like it's spelt there at gmail.com. And I would be happy to uh, to meet with you, introduce you, uh, share the, the knowledge and the learnings. We've got lots and lots of free webinars and free information sessions. Leave your credit card at home. We're not into all of that. Mm -hmm. um, so... So that's no, the first step. That's fantastic. If you're listening at home, you know, reach out. And uh, it looks like there's an opportunity here for, as we talked about at the top, fear is a composition of the unknown. And so investing in the United States is exciting, but there's a lot of fear that comes with it because you might not have all the answers. So find the answers, reduce the fear. And I think um, Allison here can maybe reduce a good amount of that, if not all of that. So reach out. And uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. And until next time, guys, we'll catch you on the next episode.